0: The mind is its own place, and in itself can make a heaven of hell, or a hell of heaven. My name is Connor Gilson, and I am the president of CG Consulting, and after about a day, I figured out what I'm going to be talking about tonight. So the next part that we are going to be starting is about how important our happiness is to us. I've mentioned it in a few podcasts before that happiness is ultimately what any human is after. Um, Nobody wants success to be miserable. Nobody wants to marry somebody so they can be miserable. Nobody wants to buy a brand new car so they can be miserable. Almost all of our goals as human beings come from us wanting to be happier. But it's an interesting concept, right? Because... Which one comes first, the chicken or the egg? Does happiness come first and then our goals? Or do our goals being achieved come first and then our happiness? Well, it's interesting because there's a lot of sayings that go around it. Like, um, you know, money money isn't happiness, riches isn't happiness. You know, your like a paycheck is not going to fix your your attitude on life. There's quite a few of them. Um, but which one comes first? Well, that's what we're going to be talking about during this series. And we're going to go into depth about how important happiness is. A lot of actually studies from places like Harvard and a few other very well-known sources as far as studies that really teach us. And hopefully I can present this information in a way that really kind of opens our eyes to how important our happiness is. And it's funny because one of the things with podcasts is I take a lot of notes, whether I read books, whether I listen to audiobooks, whether I go and listen to talks or speeches, uh, whether I watch videos. I take a lot of notes, I highlight things, and I store it away. So it's kind of interesting because I feel like a lot of people do a podcast to help others, which is awesome, and that's what I'm hopefully doing with you guys and girls. Um, but a big part of this is also helping me as well, because I'm going over a lot of information that uh, is a part of me, and then some of it are some of it's actually notes from, like I said, other sources, uh, and I get to go through that and then reiterate it and reinstall it in my mind. Uh, there's some books that I've read maybe 10, 15 times, some I've read. And then maybe three days later started reading again, just to get the information into my head. So it's like a lot of this stuff. Yes, I know. And I'm very aware of it and I'm just helping and educating and teaching you, but some things either while I'm putting the podcast, the podcast together, I, you know, it clicks in my head and go, oh my goodness, this part, I forgot about this, and things like that, or I look through notes and be like, oh my goodness, this gem, I forgot about this, I'm so glad I read this, or whatever. But tonight, let's talk about happiness, part one in happiness. So one of the things I was looking at was, uh, because I drive around some of the bigger schools in New England, uh, Yale, Yukon, things like that. But I was looking at a study or just kind of a, I think it was a professor's experience with kids at Harvard. And he said something about how like Harvard was really a big, big privilege and um, people spent like, you know, big parts of their life, either, you know, getting their kids there or getting themselves there um, if they were students. But they said that something interesting happened as soon as they or not soon, but very quickly after they arrived at Harvard and started learning and things like that, they lost sight of that reality. And they focused instead of on all the happiness and the joy of getting into a school like that, they started focusing only on the workload, the competition, the stress. They started freaking out about the future, despite the fact that, you know, they're they were in the process of earning a degree at one of the most like renowned schools that would open all these doors to them. But every single little small setback made them feel overwhelmed. Instead of being energized by the possibilities that were in front of them, by the outcomes, by the open doors, by maybe, okay, this isn't going exactly the way I wanted, but maybe there's an opportunity right here. They're focused on. You know, oh, I had a setback, oh my God, and they would flip out. And it's interesting because you start to realize just how important our interpretation of reality changes the experience of that reality. So if we look at the negative and we freak out about things or we focus on what somebody's doing to us, Um, things like that, then we start to create a reality that's, you know, not probably correct, right? And it's interesting because if you look into Harvard, right, or if you look into a lot of, like, I think Yale is like this as well, um, they're just littered, 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 littered with unhappy, chronically, unhappy men and women and this is it blows me away and this is part of the reasons why I don't like colleges because you know they don't focus kids on being like create create creative sorry um, and show them how much life you have ahead of them if you're getting out of college right now you have and I'm lucky to see this clearly at my age um, you have crazy amounts of time left. Like, you're just beginning. You could literally screw up for the next 10 years and still have something to bounce back from. So, but what was interesting was when they did a poll of um, Harvard students, four out of five suffer from depression at least once during the school year. And nearly half of all of them suffer from depression at some point so debilitating that they can't even function. So here's something, a kid, a student, a young person that has basically the world in the palm of his hand or her hand and is getting this degree that's so very, it's a privilege to get and they're freaking out and they're start, and they hate or they have chronic depression to the point that they can't function. And it's funny because I started looking into the statistics of depression because it, it just it struck me as odd. 50 years ago, the average onset age of depression was 29 and a half years old. So almost 30. Today, you want to guess what it is? almost exactly half 14.5 years so that means that the onset age of depression has went from 30 which i can understand right Your 20s you're partying all the time and then you hit 30 and you're like oh goodness oh my i'm almost my like my parents age when i was like in my late like, 10 15 I mean that's what my brain thinks when I'm like thinking about me going to thirty. Not not too happy about it, not too I mean I'm not depressed by it, but I'm not I'm not the biggest fan, I will say that. But fourteen point five years old. So fourteen or fifteen is the onset age of depression now. That is crazy. And it's interesting because if you think about, like, school, you think about a classroom, right? They'll ask, you know, science will ask, or, like, you know, actually people in general will ask, how fast can somebody solve a math problem? But then science will change that question to, how fast does the average child finish a math problem? So what happens is the people that, the people that can do math better and the people that can do math slower than average are completely forgotten, and you tailor the classroom towards the average child. Psychology has um, psychology studies and professors have coined that as the error of the average. Because and the big problem with this is if we study just the average or just what is average or who is average or anything. We will remain boringly average, and it's crazy to me, and it's crazy, and maybe, maybe my mind just works in a different way. But when, if does this make this does this make sense with to you guys? Does this make sense? Like, if we want to become like most of us don't have goals. Like, I don't wake up in the morning and be like, yeah, I want to, you know. I want to have an average car, I want to have an average house, I want to make average income, I want my business to do averagely well, you know, not too high, not too low, just kind of, like, and that was a thing, like, in school that I always hated, like, I was always held back. I was always held back by the fact that I took in information at ridiculous speeds and I couldn't push myself forward. So I felt like I was trapped in this zone of just being like weighed down by the people around me. In fact, when I started being homeschooled because seventh grade, I left public school and became homeschooled, I finished seventh grade all the way through the end of high school by 15 years old. So I was 13 almost 14 when I left and I finished all those years of school by 15. But that's the problem. When you have a classroom like that and I don't I don't even know. So you can't even ask me like, "Oh Connor, how do you expect us to teach groups of people without doing that?" I don't know. That's unfortunately not my job to figure out. I see the problem, but I don't think I can fix I don't think I'm the one that's going to fix that. Although, whoever does is probably gonna make a crap ton of money. Business idea, you're welcome. Just give me a couple million dollars when you do it. Anyways, um, but going back to that, we don't wake up and wanna be average in our business. We don't wake up and wanna be average in our relationships. We don't wake up and wanna be average in anything. But that's what we are taught from a kid to be classed in. Are we like, we're taught based on averages and it's horrible because you can't be happy just based on an average if we want to be the best at something we study from the best of that something that's how we grow And the funny thing is you can kind of fix things. And I feel like a lot of things are kind of bandaid over going back to depression. You can eliminate depression without making someone happy. You can give them drugs. Like I remember with one of my exes, she was on antidepressants for something and it was like her soul was sucked out of her. No joy. Like it was, it was one of probably the most terrifying things. It's, It's one of the reasons I literally hate and I would never ever become a therapist. Would never. As much as I love psychology and helping people, I would much rather die one of the most horrible deaths than become a therapist. And I'm not saying all therapists are bad. Um, I'm not saying that. But antidepressants are ridiculous. ridiculous in what they do to humans. It is terrifying to watch something so vivid and beautiful be ripped out. So you can fix depression without making people happy. You can can cure anxiety without teaching someone how to be optimistic. You can, something I learned recently, you can push somebody to, and this is myself, push somebody to go back to work and then their performance is just not going to get better. In fact, with me, when I was told multiple times that my performance needed to get better at one of my jobs back when, I had to it, I didn't get better until I decided, okay, I am slacking, and that was like months later. If all you strive is for is to d- diminish the bad, you're only going to attain average. You're going to miss out entirely on the opportunity to go beyond the average and be either one of the best things like that. But it's interesting because that's all we focus on, right? We focus on averages and negativity. You turn on the news; majority of the airtime is spent on accidents, corruption, crimes, murder, drug abuse. Um, the the you like everything around us: news, um, social media, things like that is about things that would bring depression would bring negative thoughts and that's the thing like bringing this back bringing all these things back cuz you know there's a little a lot of little things that i just went off on what we're talking about is happiness so depression stunts happiness um, treating everybody like average is you know not specializing in pulling out people's <clears throat> people's strength That's, you know, that ruins happiness, you know, things like that, okay? Um, That's what happens. There's a lot of things that can ruin happiness. And what happens with when we do things like that is, especially if we, you know, turn on the news and watch that. I do not watch the news. I haven't watched the news since I was... 18 or 19 is when I first moved out. I watched the news because I thought it was cool for a while because I was in my own apartment and I was excited watching the news and I just decided I was done eventually. I will not watch the news. It is way too negative and way too depressing. And if you have asked, if you had had a conversation with me before I even thought about popping this podcast together, I literally, like that comes out of my mouth in like normal speak. Like I had a couple, maybe a couple months ago while I was talking to somebody like, oh, do you not like watch the news? I'm like, no, I never, I do not watch the news at all. Do not care. It is the worst thing ever because, and it's funny because I was reading a book about how the, how the news and stuff like that, you know, focuses us on negativity. It focuses our minds and tricks our brains into believing that the sorry ratio is like the negative, like horrible ratio is reality. That most of life is negative. It's not. And if your brain, just for a second, rose up against me when I said that life is not mainly negative, you have some serious work to do. You have some serious work to do. Because I have had a obscene amount of negative, horrible things. If I were to sit down and tell you my whole entire story of my life, like literally i've had people start shaking violently because of like how depressed they were i've had people like freak out i've had people just literally start crying and like put their hand on my shoulder and be like you know what can i do like i've had crazy stuff like that however i know i absolutely know without a doubt that life is not mainly negative it's not so much, there's so much greatness. I sit here with a roof on my head, or over, on my head, yep, okay. I have a roof over my head. I have a car in my driveway. I have um, food. I have, I don't really eat all that healthy, but I have food. I have the ability to go to the gym. I can barely lift my arm right now because it's all messed up from going to the gym. Um, I have a thing in my, a supercomputer in my hand that I can record podcasts and talk to people. I can do what I love and educate and teach people about psychology and mindset and business. Yeah, I've had a lot of bad things happen in my life. I don't have a lot of friends. My friends are very, very unique and very, very close to me. But I could view everything neg- negatively. I could be like, wow, I wish I had a bigger house. Wow, I wish you know my, my ex-wife didn't cheat on me and take off. Oh, I wish... Um, I had a better car. I wish I didn't like have to be homeless for a little bit, but I look at the positive. Like I said before, being homeless for that period of time made me appreciate everything I have in my life now and has skyrocketed my happiness. I hear people that have much bigger, you know, houses and car and better cars complain. And I'm just like, what are you doing? Like you have no idea. And I I feel bad for them because they're not happy. And don't get me wrong, I get very, very sad. I get very, very upset. I get very, I feel emotions very vividly because the way my morals and my mind works is I embrace my feelings very intensely. In fact, I'm very, very upset um, currently because I had to get rid of two people in my life that I cared about very much. One that I've known about for, like, or known for two or three months. The other one I've learned for almost two years now. And I was very, very close to him. I worked with him. But because of certain behaviors, I had to step back. I realized that he didn't value me. And I moved on. And it is. It's hard. And I'm in a period of grief because I've lost somebody I was very close to at one point. But... Overall, I'm still very, very happy. I'm still very, very happy that I made a crazy amount of money today. I'm so very happy that I can, my, I have my, my brakes are squeaking on my car. I can go and I can go do my brakes tomorrow. That's the thing. It's like looking for the happy little things in your life to really enjoy it. Okay. Okay. Going back to Harvard, it's funny because like, you know, people that go to Harvard are all above average, right? They're all above average, which is interesting because when they get into Harvard, 50% of them are immediately below average. Nothing changed. They're not dumb. They didn't walk through like an electric bolt that took away their brain. They're still going to graduate and make crazy amounts of money, but no, they're not the top percent. If we are constantly trying to focus on something we don't have control over, then that is going to create an unhappiness. If a kid were to go into Harvard, understand maybe, okay, I was, I got here, you know, I was really, really good. I got here. And I'm gonna strive to be part of the you know top 10 percent of the class, or three percent, or one percent. But if I don't, I still got here. And that kind of plays into that mechanism in our head where we always want something better. We get a car a couple months later. Oh, I gotta get a new car. Uh, or, mine was I got a car last year, and now I want a motorcycle. Um, but my ex, my ex didn't let me have a motorcycle, so I feel like that's kind of, kind of understandable, but, um, you get a new house, or a new apartment, you want, you want a better one, you get a new job, you start making money, like, oh, this is nice, couple years, like, couple, maybe a couple months to a year later, you're like, oh, I need to make more money, it's ridiculous, like, that's part of our mechanism to keep humans moving forward, which is good, but if it's not kept in check, it will ruin our happiness. So what are a few things? Uh actually. Let's yeah, actually before we go into that, let's talk about what studies have found as far as certain things as far as optimism, being happy. Um some studies that I was looking at have found that social relationships are the best guarantee of heightened well-being and lowered stress. So friends, too bad I just got rid of two. Yeah, oh well. I'll, I'll, I have, I have close friends that I still have that I, you know, spend time with, do things with, and I uh, will be fine. Um, heightened well-being, they, a lower stress, uh, which are both an antidote for depression and a, basically a prescription from your own head for like high performance. Um, in fact, they, they have seen that optimistic salespeople will outsell their pessimistic counterparts by fifty six percent. That's more than half. So, more than half, you are going to get more sales. Especially as we're talking about, and this is a business podcast. Optimism is going to give you fifty six percent more sales, and I know that for a fact because when I am not in a good mood, or I am depressed, or I am upset, I like I repel, I don't like. Does it ever feel like that? Like you get on the phone and you're depressed and you're not like happy. And I don't mean like, I know people that can be depressed and get on the phone and be like, hi, how are you? Like, I'm not talking about that crap, that fake crap. Like people are going to know you're, you're fake. But even if I talk the exact same way, I give off this aura. Like I used to record my own business calls and listen to them and be like, oh my God, like what is happening today? Like. What, what, why do I like give off this like weird feeling? Like I listen to these like recordings like months later and be like, oh my goodness, I was depressed this day. I wasn't happy this day. Something ticked me off this day. I was outstandingly happy this day. And the numbers reflect. Our brains are literally like, I I don't know how to make this any more clear. Our brains are literally hardwired to perform at their best possibility, not when they're negative or not even when they're new not even when they're neutral only when they're positive and your brain is being positive that's when you're going to perform the best that's why because like with the podcast I want to give off content that really makes you think if I'm having a bad day I will not record the podcast and that's hard for me because I want to get in the rhythm I want to get in the the constant doing a podcast every night. But if I am not in a good mood, I'm never going to record a podcast. At least I hope I don't because I'm not giving my all. I'm not, you know, spreading the happiness. And don't get me wrong. There's some podcasts that I've done where I'm exhausted, and I'll even say it on the podcast, but my energy is still there. My happiness is still there. If I'm depressed or I'm not feeling good or I can't give it a hundred percent, I'm not going to record the podcast. I don't do anything like that. I mean, I'll work and I'll do what I have to do, but if it's anything that's like passionate, I will never do it while I'm depressed. Never. It's interesting because they've actually done studies and found that we are happier, happier when our mindset is, is uh positive, we are smarter, more motivated and then thus can become more successful when we're happy. Happiness is the core and success revolves around it. Okay? There's been over 200 scientific studies on nearly 275,000 people and they have all found that happiness leads to success in nearly every domain of our lives. Marriage, health, friendship, community involvement, creativity, jobs, careers, and business. Happiness affects everything. It does. Study after study after study shows that happiness precedes important outcomes, and that happiness is an indicate is an indicator of you thriving in the future. That's why I feel bad for people that suffer from chronic depression. Because it's so hard for you to get up, but you have to address that depression, and don't say that I have never been depressed I've experienced some of the most severe horrid depressions brought on by certain things but I have a very strong mind to move past certain things but that's what you gotta do if you have you have depression t- to attack that And then once that's, you know, once you're starting to make progress on that, then start trying to make progress on your business. Because you're going to be kind of shooting yourself in the foot if you're trying to do them both at the same time, especially if you start them both at the same time. Uh, I mean, that's at least what I've seen. So. It's funny because if you look at, if you... And sometimes, like, happiness can be infused into us. Um, if I'm having a bad day, I, I'm very music attuned. I, like, I've played... Should I go through all of them? Um, clarinet, obviously. Flute. Uh, oh, sorry. Recorder, obviously, is what I want to say, because everybody played recorder. Clarinet, flute, um, saxophone for a little bit, trumpet, uh Little bit drums, keyboard, and now mainly just play guitar. That's what I play most of the time. Um, I used to do DJing and stuff like that, too. So I'm very tuned with music. If I'm having a bad day or something's going on, I usually turn to music. I'll watch comedy, you know, things like that to get my, you know, props up. Um, in fact, that can help you deal with stress. If something, like, happens, like, in your face, like, somebody doesn't want to have anything to do with you anymore, somebody... um you know, hurts you, uh, you have to do something, like, that's super stressful, like, give a speech, if you watch things and do things like that, it'll actually help you to regain your kind of equil. E- e- wow, I am just bad with words tonight, I'm bad with usually one word per podcast, but tonight is just, like, probably, like, five or six, equilibrium, yep, equilibrium, thank you, that's as close as we're getting tonight. So here's a couple things that I want you to do because I want to finish up this podcast. I'm trying to keep them around like 30 minutes to 40 minutes. I feel like 50 minutes is long. But um, let's go over a few things that can help us get happy, you know, get happier, right? So number one, <laughs> I, just, I just did it like really before I even read it. Take just five minutes each day to watch your breath go in and out. I have something that helps me do that, but I actually watch my breath go in and out. In fact, if it's cold outside when I was like, a kid, I would go outside and just do it. And That was before like, I was really into business or anything like that. If you find your mind drifting while you're doing that, just slowly bring it back to focus in your breath. One of the things that I learned in meditation, which I actually got to start doing again because that was a happy, happiness booster, um, was you would focus on your breath. And a lot of like meditation techniques is like, if you see your mind drifting, then bring it right back. Chill. One of the things that I went through was after my... After my breakup with my wife, I had severe depression, and one of the things that I found was an app called Headspace, and I had already been using Headspace for, like, motivation to help me sleep better, things like that, but I found the depression pack, and I started listening to that. Now... As I started to listen to it, and now keep in mind, I'm not the type of person that want to be like, yeah, I'm, you know, I was listening to depression meditation things. I'm not the person that really wants to say that, but in all transparency and honesty, that's what happened. And it actually helped me get through all that garbage much, much quicker. But one of the techniques was while you're breathing and things like that, your mind, you know, drifts off instead of grabbing it and slamming it back into your focus on your breathing. You'd use a technique called noting. Noting is when you realize that your mind has drifted and you note it as one of two things: a thought or an emotion. So I'd be there, um, and during the day, even when I was at work, during like it was bad. Like during, I'd be like pitching to a customer, and it would hit me. The the anxiety or depression attack would hit me. While I'm talking, I'm like literally like zoning out, still talking to them, but having a anxiety attack in my head. And I would take a second and I go emotion or thought. And then I just drift back into what I was doing. Literally a lifesaver, guys. It helps me with anger now too. Like I've started using on anger. I started using it on uh, when I get sad about things, stuff like that. When I start obsessing with my goals too much, just doing that. So yeah, five minutes a day, focus on your breath, in through your nose, out through your mouth. I like to um, do a thing where I count it, deep breath in, one, and then out, one, and then in, two, out, two. I'm not going to go all crazy about the whole meditation thing, things like that, but focus on breathing. And then if your mind wanders off to something else, note it. Be like, okay, my mind has wandered and drag, drag it back very gently or just guide it back gently, okay? Then what else I want you to do is pick one day a week and make a point of committing five acts of kindness, okay? Uh, one of the things I used to do, I they can't do anymore because they're doing all these electronic like picture ones now, but tolls, you know how stressful like, you know, tolls are at the stop, and like they got rid of them now. It's all like take a picture of your plate and then hit you with some fee when you accidentally forget to pay them. Looking at you, New York, with your hundred dollar crazy fees. But, um but yeah, I would go to a toll and I'd pay the two dollars or whatever for the person behind me. You know, stressed out traffic, especially during rush hour you know, boom, make it someone's day, you know, I'd be speeding off, I don't, you know, I wouldn't be, like, waiting around, like, driving a slow way to watch the reaction, and just, boom, take off, and do it with McDonald's, if you want, but, like, you don't have to be careful with that one, don't be like, yeah, I'll pay for the person behind me, because then you'll get, like, the family of, like, five, like, when we were kids, and, like, you have to spend, like, 60 bucks at, like, mcdonalds It's not fun. Um, but be like, hey, I want to put $10 towards the person behind me. See? Something like that. A little bit of control. Another big thing was that I found is when I buy things, okay? Um, when I buy things, I try not to buy items just for myself. I'll try to buy items for me and someone else. Or even better experiences, whether it's going to a concert, going to a movie, um, kayaking, things like that. Um, Let's see. Was there a study I found on this? No, I guess it was just something that I found that backed it up, saying that spending money on experiences, especially ones with other people, produces positive emotions that are both more meaningful and more lasting. Another thing that brings happiness. Every time we use a skill that we have, whatever it is, we experience a burst of positivity. There's nothing I love more than teaching people psychology. Nothing more. Nothing On the face of this. Okay, maybe there's one thing. There there might be one thing I like a little bit more than that. And uh, it's a little uh, intense to mention on the podcast. Let's say that. But um, I would say psychology is number two. Number two? Yeah. So whatever skill we use. Whatever it is, we will experience a burst of positivity. Even more than fulfilling than using a skill is exercising a strength of character, a trait that we deeply have embedded in us, a core foundation pillar of who we are. Like mine is being protective. Mine is backing up people when someone's bullying them. Uh, that's what I like to do. Um, being super honest and kind of blunt. Another one that I get joy from because, and I don't get joy because like I hurt people's feelings and they're crying. No, I hurt, I, I get joy because people absolutely love the fact that I'm completely honest. So. But yeah, that's about it. That is going to be it for part one of this happiness mo- module um so stay tuned tomorrow night tune in tomorrow night for the walking dead no um but tune in tomorrow night and we'll have part two and i'm about ready to go to bed because i have been working for way too long so but wish you guys the best night day whatever time you're listening to this if you're listening to it in the future hello future people um but yeah Talk to you guys later. Once again, my name is Connor Gilson. I'm the president of CG Consulting, and I'll be seeing you.